Hello, that fucking podcast. This is your host, that fucking guy. It is May the 24th. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we talked. A lot of shit's been going on, man. Day day job, work-life balance is all out of whack, man. Or it has been. It feels like things might be turning around. Um... That's neither here nor there, though. We have a bunch of exciting things to talk about on the pod today. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, My fucking laptop has been giving me all types of shit. Uh, I've been trying to record this episode for like fucking 30 minutes now, and it just keeps fucking up in one way or another and now it's breathing all fucking heavy you guys probably can't hear it but it's annoying when you can hear the fan and the laptop whirl up like it's really working hard and i'm only asking it to do one thing it's kind of frustrating anyway um (laughs) we got a lot to talk about man um first and foremost this podcast is supposed to be my life uh navigating comedy so we got to talk about the Idaho Comedy Festival. It just happened. I got I got praise. I got critiques. I got problems. I got things I was happy about. Um, and uh, let's see. Then there's been a lot of pop culture news and shit. Uh, there's, uh, there's the Venom trailer. There's the Eternals trailer, and there's the Loki trailer, all of which are dope. Just the shit, really. Have me hype as fuck for Marvel um, and all the things it's got coming up. But, but, what we absolutely must talk about this podcast and the main focus of this podcast, number one thing... Because I promised it to you. Mortal Kombat. We got to talk about the new Mortal Kombat. Whew. That shit was a hot mess. In all of the possible way, In like some of the best ways possible. I chose the wording hot mess. Because part of me wants to go. That shit was fire. And part of me wants to go. That shit was ridiculous and so they meet in the middle for it to be a hot mess you know it's hot i like it but it was definitely a mess (laughs) like they could have done some parts of that movie so much better we're gonna get into it we're gonna get into it we're gonna get into it first things first idaho comedy festival uh shouts out to the lounge at the end of the universe for putting it all together, um, let's uh, let's go compliment sandwich, right? Let's go positive, and then things we could work on, and then we'll end positively as well. We'll go with that because that's always. I know I have a hard time with criticism, so that's always nice to start good and then deal with the shit in the middle and then end good. It makes you feel better about the whole thing. Uh, Number one, when I was on stage, man, this shit was magic. All the shows were fun. 
all the audiences were great uh whether it was 2:30 in the afternoon or uh uh fucking 12:30 you know midnight it it, it didn't matter it, they were all awesome man it, fantastic the Boise comedy fans really showed out and that was uh that was fucking dope to uh be able to show all the comics from New York and LA and DC and all these other places that uh Boise is a city that loves comedy and they should be coming through here a whole whole hell of a lot more. So that was dope as fuck. The it, it was always the shows were zero problems. No notes on the actual the actual show part of the festival. That was the good part of the compliment sandwich. That that was your nice crispy top bun. Helps bring the whole thing together. This is the sloppy Joe middle dog. This is the <laughs> this is the part that we gotta focus on fixing if we're gonna do this again. Which it sounds like they're planning on doing it again. I would love to be a part of it. Here's the thing: we gotta fix everybody. The scheduling. What the fuck was that, dog? What was happening? Um, the schedule was all over the place. At one point, I was told I was going to be doing five shows over the course of the three days. Ended up doing one show each day. That's fine. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> not only that, all the show's started late like like the first show of the festival started late and then every show it was just a, the worst domino effect i have ever been witness to where like just one thing started late and so then the whole festival was just like dealing with lateness the whole time uh, shuffling shows around, moving shit around, trying to make sure that all the comics get all the time, and that, and that's why I didn't complain. Any, any time one of my sets got cut or moved, I wasn't about to complain about some shit, but, because I saw a bunch of other people complaining about the shit, so the shit has been complained about, and I feel like they understand the issue of, like, scheduling, gotta iron that shit out, need that, we need that ironclad, like, weeks in advance. Not not still figuring it out hours and moments before the shows throughout the course of the festival. Which is what it felt like was happening. Maybe it wasn't. I wasn't in the background. Who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, the scheduling just really needed to be, uh, need to be tighter. <laughs> um all in all though you know like i said every time you actually got on stage the shit was magic it was real fun um and so we had our our positive part and then there you know there's a thing to work on oh within that thing to work on a, a helpful suggestion if i may um the lounge at the end of the universe, while an important part of Boise comedy, is not the only place in Boise you could see comedy. Uh, there's two Mad Swede locations. One, the downtown location was tapped. 
for the festival, but I feel like late in the game, y'all could have talked to them a little bit sooner. Uh, but you could have had both Mad Swede locations, and you could have had Eastside Tavern, and that would have helped alleviate, I feel, a lot of the scheduling pressure on the building that the lounge resides in because we were trying to do like three or four stages at like one building and we had an outdoor stage if there was bad weather now the outdoor stage all the people who was going to be out there have to move inside and it just created this whole madness and it, it if we utilize literally all the stages in boise and make it a true boise comedy festival the audio did some weird shit back there um if we utilize all the stages, uh, not only are is that going to alleviate some of the scheduling pressures, I believe, it's also going to help the comics coming to Boise who have never been here before really see and get a sense for the city. Fuck the audio. God damn it. God damn it. It's gone down to mono. We've gone to mono. Why is it in mono? What's happening? Hold on. Hold on, everybody. Hold the fuck up. Hold. Are we back? Are we doing all right? Is the audio back in sync? I'm so glad that I found, like, an audio tech in my life. We started up D&D. We started up d as in my game. I DM a game of D&D. Um... We started up D&D, and one of my players, old friend from high school, he's an audio guy. Turns out that was like a big part of his major in college, so who knows? Maybe I'll be getting a little bit more of a hand. Like, I was just able to fix the whole audio. Like, audio problems that have plagued me throughout the whole entirety of this podcast was just momentarily, mind you, fixed quite easily. So that was nice. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, if we utilize all the stages that Boise has to offer, not only does that alleviate scheduling pressures, that also shows Boise off. Because a lot of people had a lot of shit to say about the dead-end street that the lounge at the end of the universe exists on. Um, I think it's very apropos for the name Lounge at the End of the Universe. It sounds like you it feels like it looks like you could be literally at the end of space and time uh in like sort of a weird like wandavision way you know what i'm saying anyway um fuck oh positive <laughs> gotta end on a positive and the goddamn audio is still spazzing out a little bit man i don't know why it keeps doing this to me. Why do you do this to me, audio? Why? It's like, uh, yeah, the right side is coming in a little bit higher than the left. Hold on. Now, how we doing? How we doing now? Looks like we still have the same fucking problem as before. Fuck. Now, how we looking? God damn it. Why is this happening to me? Ugh. Hold on. Testing. How are we coming in? Holy fuck. 
if it keeps cutting out like this, this is going to be a goddamn nightmare. Um, <laughs> don't even remember where I was at. Oh, we just get to show Boise off a little bit more if we have some more stages and it alleviates scheduling pressure. I feel like I've said it. I've said it enough. I've covered the middle of the sandwich, the critique, the criticism. Now on to the positive. The positive is every comedian that I met was dope as fuck. Everybody was awesome. Everybody was cool. It seemed like everybody was having a good time. Even when shit was going crazy and people might not have been happy with what was going on with their stage time necessarily. I heard a few complaints here or there about that from other comics. Um, so besides that, everybody was having a ball and ass time, getting to know each other, hanging out, making connections. That's what the festival is about, right? Um, is hanging out, getting to know people and stuff. And I feel like I had some really good sets in front of some, some fairly important and noticeable, uh, uh, people. Um, and that's always good. It's good to get your name out there. Good to have people know who you are. Um, and yeah, hopefully they'll listen to the fucking podcast. I don't know. Actually, no. Hopefully they do not. Hopefully they wait until I have intro music. I don't know why not having intro music makes me feel like a imposter of a podcaster. Makes me feel like a fraud. Makes me feel phony. Not real. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that was the festival, man. That was the festival. Great networking, great times on stage, little bit of chaos in between, but all in all, I had a good time, man. Uh, and I'm happy to announce that there's going to be a new official, that fucking podcast slash LJ Sullivan merch logo. Did you hear my phone go off just now? Oh, shit. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, the festival was dope as fuck, and uh, I have a new logo coming out. Uh, I just have to figure out how I want to drop the shit. Uh, I think, actually, what I'm going to do is this episode of the podcast, I'm probably going to change the cover art for the podcast and the cover art is going to be the logo and that's how I'm going to drop the logo and then I'll change like profile pictures and stuff across social media to match the logo maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I want the logo to be all of my social media profile pictures, but I will drop the logo. I also need to figure out the first merch options thinking buttons stickers and mugs you want to start small from what i gather uh in the comedy community anyway i just got an important telecommunications uh from the homies uh a text message um i'm gonna check on that see what's going on there were some plans for this evening um, I was really hoping to be able to record more when I sat down, but then all the fucking tech issues, goddamn nightmare. Um, but we talked about the festival, so I can check that off. And then we need to talk about, uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, but also before that, new Marvel trailers. We're going to talk new Marvel trailers and then we're going to talk Mortal Kombat, I'll see what's going on. I'll see. I'll 
continue to talk to you lovely people here in just a second. It might not be just a second for me. It might be longer in reality, but with editing and and the knowledge of time and space, it'll be instantaneous for you. Anyway, hold on. Hey, everybody, we're back. That fucking podcast, that fucking guy, LJ Sullivan. It is June 1st. Yeah, had to take a little break between when this started and when I, uh, now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, life happens, things things keep moving, chugging along. Today is my Sunday, man. Today is my Sunday, gotta be at work tomorrow, but I thought I would hop on here and talk about a few things real quick. Um... Number one thing we got to talk about is Mortal Kombat, because it's already been kind of too long since I watched the movie. I, I If I had done it closer to actually watching the movie, it would be better, but now we got to just do it. Um, and then we'll talk about some Marvel stuff. We'll talk about what a cool new thing that I found, and hopefully that'll be an episode, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Got an open mic later. And uh, I've been doing um, a D&D game bi-weekly, so I need to do a little bit of D&D prep. Um, my, uh, my party of players uh, are, right along, are coming into town, riding into town. They just got done with a little, little uh, fucking combat encounter on the road. Now they're rolling on into town, so I gotta prepare for that. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Mortal Kombat, let's talk about it, the, the remake, the new one that just came out, that was on HBO, oh, Max, plus, whatever, the fucking new HBO streaming, um, so, I watched it one day, uh, I forget which day I watched it, but I watched it just sort of like, like, not a whole lot else was going on, and, like, I knew that I needed to talk about it on the podcast, and I knew that it was about to leave HBO Max, uh, because that, they blindsided me with fucking, um, Godzilla and Kong, uh, I thought I had more time on that than I did, didn't realize how tight those, like, at-home streaming windows were, um, and so... Uh, I was like, I gotta watch this. So I put it on, and, uh, I mean, I definitely can't just recount from beginning to end. Like, I didn't take notes. This isn't one of the times where, like, I take notes and I go, like, through each moment in the movie. But I do remember, like, overall feeling about the movie was, like, it's a, it was, like, a great bringing to life of a Saturday morning cartoon. I also said that about the first, the Justice League cut of Justice League, the Joss Whedon Justice League, which I said I was never going to talk about ever again. But um, it's, uh, so, you know, take that for what it is. Like, I don't know, maybe that's just my way of viewing a thing when I realize it's not gonna be, like, upon the first few minutes of viewing, realizing that it's not gonna be of a certain caliber, my brain just shifts from 
from like being a, a cinema viewer to being like a fucking just a kid watching a cartoon Saturday morning. Like, I don't, it's not even a thing that I feel like I'm totally in control of. It's just like a switch that flips in my brain and then like going forward after that switch is flipped i i then enjoy the movie i guess probably more on its terms instead of uh whatever i was anticipating that i was going to get um mortal Kombat. i like that it it's pretty self-aware at times um it it it's self-aware at at weird times and weird ways sometimes like sometimes i wish it was more self-aware <laughs> i mean no like dialogue it seems pretty like self-aware of like the history the games and stuff there's a lot of little easter eggs and things for the fans and i intentionally didn't watch any like easter egg breakdown or reaction video for which a movie like this i normally would but i wanted to just give like Work on giving raw, just fucking LJ reactions on the podcast, and then maybe I'll come back and have more to say after I've heard other people's reactions. But I just, uh, yeah, so it's, um, it's a fun movie, but there, okay, so here's the deal the first act is sloppy. The first, this, like, the first, I would say almost the first hour of the movie, the movie, the movie is, okay, so props to the movie for trying to do the work, right? Like, because the movie wants to get to a certain place so that then it can just movie and it we can just enjoy the ride, but it understands the movie the people who made the movie it understands that they can't start there that they have to build to that point especially for it to matter especially because it's like this could be the start of like the rebirth of a franchise or this could just be one and done who knows um with the streaming model it was released under it's probably more likely that this is the only one that we get Maybe the story from the movie gets folded into the games in some way, shape, or form, or there's a comic or something, but I don't know if they'll get another crack at, like, uh, I don't know if they're going to get, like, a sequel, like, you know, said, like, so, I don't know, we'll see, but point being, the first part of the movie, I don't know, like, I feel like you could have just, Jax could have showed up with his metal arms already. Um, I thought Sonya being the exposition character was maybe not the right choice. Um, It was just really obvious when when they were going into expo dump and it's like and i don't know maybe that's me being a writer maybe i know too much at this point or maybe a good fucking movie it wouldn't matter i wouldn't it even if they were doing an exposition dump and i was aware of it i would be enjoying it and rather than being critical of it you know what i'm saying like 
Like, there's a moment where, like, the main character, which we'll talk about him later, um, the main character meets Sonya, um, or gets to, like, see her, like, like, she's the classic, like, fucking red string connected maps and pictures and names and, like, fucking <coughs> Pepe Sylvia shit. <coughs> I hate it. When I choke on my own goddamn saliva, it makes me feel like an idiot. <coughs> um, <clears throat> but anyway, um, yeah, so it it was just felt a little bit lazy, that, that exposition. And then there's them in the desert, which felt, I don't know, uh, like... The whole thing with Kano is, I guess, really my problem. It's not nothing that happened in the desert. It's just in the desert is when you start to, I guess, understand what it is they're doing with the Kano character. Um, and it, it was just frustrating um, to know the whole time this guy is going to be a bad guy. Like, like I don't know why... They're trying to endear me to him when I know he's going to flip at a certain point. Um, like, that wasn't at all a surprise to me that Kano flipped. Also, because I think when you play in the games, he's on the other fucking side. Like, so I think that was drawn out for too long. Um, I think Sonya, if the plan is for Sonya to take. Kano's fucking immortal combat designation symbol thing. Have that happen sooner. Also, I was upset with what they made Sonya's like main power, like her what is it, her her kata or whatever, like her her special ability. They gave her like the energy blasts, which is like a newer thing. I would have liked it if she could, like, if other people can spawn in the weapon that they want, that they're good at using some fucking magical hat or fire or laser beam eye or fucking, uh, um, uh, uh, what are those things called? The fucking sticks that the main character uses, um, like... If they can do that, why couldn't Sonya summon in pistols and go to tech? Because that's what I always remembered Sonya's special ability being in Mortal Kombat. And yeah, it was a little bit funny that this one character could just break out pistols and shoot the fuck out of you. And like sometimes that wouldn't even be the end of the fight. But, like, so the fuck what? You figure out a way to make it work narratively in the movie? Like... I don't know. Also, well, what I did like was how Jack's, uh, his, like, when his awakened, it's how he went from, like, bitch-ass robot arms to dope-ass robot arms, so I guess his Kana is always active, technically. I, I don't know. Like, part of me likes the fact that, like, his robot arms somewhat came from like i guess an internal awakening or struggle or something like and that's the other thing is they're not it's 
it's a character-driven movie that doesn't do the characters very well. Um, like, they're all cool, and they all do fun stuff, but it's not like... I mean, people would have been angry if they signed up for a Mortal Kombat movie and they got a quiet, meditative character study. I, I understand that, but at the same time... You can't, because the movie does this thing where it's like, it isn't the tournament, they're fighting us before tournament, they're breaking the rules, they're cheating, they're pieces of shit, um, but, so, like, it's them dealing with that, I mean, okay, I get that, but if you would just, because what they're hoping for is that they can do the tournament in the next movie, because franchise, 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 fuck y'all, just do the Mortal Kombat thing, do the Mortal Kombat thing, where you fucking, it's a tournament, and also they did that stupid fucking thing at the end, where it's like, like, uh, the main character is gonna go off and find the who who is it like Johnny Johnny Blaze Johnny Bravo fucking whatever the fuck the the movie star annoying white dude like why Johnny Cage what I forget what the fuck his name is but whatever that's not the point the point is is if you wanted him in the movie you should have just put him in the movie and not teased him for a next movie that's probably not going to happen also it what it felt like to me was at some point the main character from this movie is going to get probably fucking murdered by that guy in order for him to enter the tournament like which seems stupid as fuck like if you're going to establish this new character I don't know. It just seemed the movie was doing a lot. I really did like I liked the Scorpion Sub-Zero stuff. That was all kind of fun. Didn't like the knife is was used in the garden. Didn't like that. That knife used in the garden could have been a knife used in the kitchen. Why is she using knives in the garden? What the fuck was that? It was weird. It was weird that they chose that to be the, like, origin of his fucking thing. Um, Also, I thought it was weird that, like, the man, he was clearly highly proficient with a katana. And so I don't know why he wouldn't have just started, like, once his katana was broken or away from him or whatever, why he wouldn't have just started using the katanas of his enemies. Also, how is he that good with a rope dart? If he spends most of his time training with a katana, why is he so good with a fucking impromptu rope dart? I want I want Scorpion to have always have used the rope. I don't understand why he wasn't like teaching his kids how to throw a knife working their way up to r- rope dart like showing him 
Like, 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 it would have been easy. It's easy to write a scene of a father teaching a son how to do a thing, and then the son gets frustrated, and the father's like, well, don't get frustrated, because watch what it can become. And then he goes and he shows him a bunch of dope-ass rope dart tricks. And then the kid's like, cool, and he's like, all right, go and fucking help your mom with dinner. And then he's going to go off and meditate, and then that's when the fucking family annihilation thing happens. Like, they could have done it. In a slightly more elegant way. Like, they did tragic backstory fine enough, but it could have been done a little bit better. Also, I would have liked more of a presence of, like, the spirit of Scorpion throughout the movie. There was, like, a few quick flashes, and then he just shows up at the end of the movie when you need him to show up, when you want him to show up most. And it's, like, that A, a kind of cool, A, like, you're... Yes, fan service. I'm a fan and I like fan service. So him showing up when I want him to show up the most is not the problem. The problem is there should have been more tension between the main character. What is his name? Fucking Cole. Him and like unleashing, releasing his own Kana. There should have been more tension between that and the spirit of... Scorpion. In fact, I would have liked it. What I was hoping would happen is in the attempt to awaken his own Kana, that the spirit of Scorpion possesses his body. Like, and so then throughout the course of the movie, what he has to do is like convince the spirit of his ancestors that he can awaken his own Kana and that he is up to the task at hand, at which point, not only does he awaken his own Kana, that's when you get Scorpion there in his own, like, full avatar, not vicariously through the main character. Because then it's like a full... Then it's like a collaborative arc that the two of them are on, where it's like the ancient Ansa, his greatest grandfather, has to come to terms with like who his progeny is, whereas the progeny has to not only come to terms with who he is, but defend it in the face of his greatest ancestor. Greatest not only in terms of like old as shit, but also in terms of like is a fucking legend. So, like, it would have created, like, a sort of cool internal struggle parallel character arc thing that was just totally missed out on. Doesn't exist in the movie. The guy just shows up at the end when you need him to show up and whoop Sub-Zero's ass. They do a great job of establishing Sub-Zero as, like, a very serious threat in the movie. So, like, that's fun and cool. Um, I wish they had gotten a different actor i don't know the face of the actor it isn't just isn't what i imagine when i imagine sub-zero face i don't know um anyway i don't know was there anything else that i had to say about that goddamn movie um no, nah, nothing nothing comes to mind. I mean, so more on the main character, I guess. Uh, Cole or whatever the fuck. Um, not sure how much I like his whole deal. 
gonna, just going to be honest with you. I think there's a version of this movie where it's like just Jax and Sonya and um, the fucking people at the temple. Like, I don't know if we need Cole. I guess he's the audience surrogate, I guess, but it... I, okay, here's the main thing. I probably would have liked Cole more had he gotten cooler powers. I don't know how I feel about the weird, like, body suit, body armor. And then his his weapons, I guess, are cool enough. And they don't, I think, exist in the Mortal Kombat universe. Like, no other characters used the, those specific weapons before. So... Okay, yeah, yes, sure. Yes, sure. Okay, yes, sure. Those are cool. I don't know if I like the body armor thing. I Also, I would have liked it if his thing would have been somewhat connected to Scorpion, but different. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that's what that is. But, like, I would like it more explicit. Like, if Scorpion's whole thing is rope dart, could we have, could we have given him something else? Could we have making him, why didn't he have hatchets? He could have been like a, a hatchet person in the fucking, uh, Yakuza or the triads. Like, you know how you've seen that in... Kung Fu movies and shit, the dude with the fucking hatchets and they throw them, but like you could fight in close with hatchets too. Like, I don't know why. I don't know. I guess, I guess that's highly subjective. They could have just made his powers cooler. I feel like they, he did, they did this whole thing where it's like he can't awaken his abilities. And then when he did awaken his abilities, they were kind of like, uh, is this what we waited for? It felt very anticlimactic. Anticlimactic. Like, it was like, ugh. Can you, like, shoot hellfire or something? Like, I need you... To be able to do more than it is that you're doing right now. Also, maybe that body armor thing is cool as shit, but they needed to do a better job at conveying, like, the body armor thing. And, like, also it felt a little bit of a rip of Black Panther, where it's like it absorbs hits and helps them dish them back out. Like, okay... I wanted something cooler. I just wanted, like, that main character wasn't cool enough for me. Which is a weird thing to say, and then also say that on a whole, I still enjoyed the movie. Like, so, maybe that speaks to the strength of, probably, I think, uh, Sonya and Jax, those actors should probably get a lot of props. Because while they weren't given a lot to do, 
what they were given to work with. I think they did a really good job. Uh, and, like, I guess Kano was, fun, like, a fun enough villain, bad guy person to have around. Being a cheeky asshole, like, that was nice. The dudes at the temp, the major character, like, Liu Kang, Raiden, and, uh, what the fuck his name is, um... The, th those guys were all cool, and it's almost hard to fuck those guys up um, because the games make them so cool. So if you just sort of make them what they are in the games, you should be all right. Um, so, I don't know. Ultimately, enjoyable experience, but also not like... I think not gonna set the world on fire like it's not like oh my god the best fucking thing ever it just is is what it is you know but in any event uh we talked about Mortal Kombat that's it we did it we talked about it um now I think what we're gonna do is we're going to jump down real quick, talk about something that me and some friends found that I've been really enjoying uh, the past few days, and then we'll end on Marvel stuff, because this podcast has rapidly become a very Marvel-centric podcast. Do I talk about stand-up comedy and shit sometimes on here? Yeah, for sure I do. I got shows coming up this month, Juneteenth. Um... I got an, another show coming up, and then another show coming up. There, there's definitely things happening in comedy. I definitely need to do some work on the page on comedy. There's definitely a lot to be said about the comedy things, but in between all the comedy stuff, what's he doing? What's that fucking guy LJ up to? Oh, you know, just thinking about Marvel shit, running D&D, &D, uh, fucking watching nerdy-ass shit, um, and, uh, trying to get my sleep schedule in a place to where I can get back into the dojo. That's one of my main goals for, like, this upcoming week is to, like, be set up so that on my next weekend, um, I'll be, I'll be where I need to be to walk in that motherfucker and be like, what up, the kid's back. Like, that's the move. Anyway, cool new thing that me and my friends found. Um, SpongeBob DocuPants. Yeah. You heard me. It's a documentary series based around SpongeBob, but it's also a little bit of a mockumentary series. It's fucking hilarious. Because what they do, they take classic spongebob episodes and dissect them in the tone of like a very serious like dateline nbc or like fucking like a very serious like fucking narrator and they're fucking interviewing like experts quote unquote like historic like bikini bottom historians and shit and, like, it's it's pretty wild and 
pretty fucking absurd and hilarious and i love it i've loved every second of it and like initially we put it on as like oh this could be fun and we could have it on in the background and it'll be whatever because like we grew up with spongebob and it's like a cool premise but then it just sucked us the fuck in and we were like we can't like do shit and also watch the, like this will just captivate us and we won't get anything done so spongebob docupants it's fucking hilarious give it a watch i really want i would really like it if everyone watched spongebob docupants so that it gets a second season because the way that they're doing it it it's like i can't imagine that they'll they'll run out of things to talk like there's so there's such a massive spongebob catalog that this like spinoff could easily become just as massive and it feels like it's targeted at the demographic of this show oddly enough um like if you're an adult who grew like was a child with spongebob and now you have grown up and you smoke marijuana and you like to watch documentaries and shit like this is your shit dog get high and watch this because it's fucking hilarious it's like nostalgia and oh god i fucking love it i love it so much i have a bit about how my idea of a great first date is fucking let's get together smoke a joint watch a jfk assassination documentary so I love smoking weed and watching documentaries. It's one of my favorite things to do in the whole entire world. Um, and so this is just like fucking gold. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I think I only have like two or three episodes left in this first season. But I started rewatching it with a friend who wasn't there when we all found it. And like he was enjoying it. But I was like, oh shit rewatchability also like there's you find little things that you were too busy laughing at the major stuff to catch the little stuff <coughs> and now <laughs> god damn it <laughs> gotta learn how to fucking not choke on my own saliva what is that i it 25 years saliva's been a part of it the whole time anyway <sighs> Rewatchability, little things that you catch on the next way through, and things that are like f still funny even though you've already seen it. So, SpongeBob DocuPants, it's on Amazon Prime. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you're a fucking peasant. I don't know why I'm even talking to you. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Please don't. Don't go. Don't. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, Spongebob DocuPants. It's the shit. Watch it. Um, like, and each one's a little bit different. Like, the first one is, like, what you would expect the first one to be. It's like, Spongebob Squarepants. Little did the world know that he would set it on fire. This fry cook. Like, they go into, like, how he got the job at the Krusty Krab and stuff. And, like, like they go over, basically, the first episode... And then, like, the next one is a little bit different. It's, like, sort of, like, a murder 
mystery investigation, more like those vibes, because it's the episode where the health inspector comes and they think that they kill him, but then it turns out that he wasn't dead. But in fact, within that episode is a deeper mystery that I won't spoil. But at the end of it, they like expose the mystery and like, yo, it's like, like Q Inception music and head explosion gif because it's like, what the fuck? That's true. Yes, I remember that from the episode, but I never put it in the context of like they mature all of the themes within each episode so like if murder quote unquote is a part of the episode which it was probably not actual murder and is being played very like tongue-in-cheek childish like in order for them to get away with it in an episode of Spongebob, it can't be, like, full-on brutal fucking murder. But then, in this series, because it's more for this age demographic, they treat that murder like it's a fucking murder. (laughs) Like, and so that just makes everything sort of ten times more hilarious because they're being all fucking goofy and ridiculous around this murder oh and in this episode they bring in a fucking dude pretending to be a psychic as one of their quote-unquote experts oh my god fucking hilarious so funny and they give them time to just like sort of riff and vamp too like i haven't seen another one where they give one of their quote-unquote experts like the amount of time that they give this like fake psychic guy just because he does such a good job he's so fucking hilarious and is doing the fake psychic thing so fucking funny it i've said it i've said it once i've said it a million times fucking go check this shit out um so um let's see here venom trailer yeah we're gonna dip into marvel here uh, we have, uh, we're coming up on almost an hour here, so we're gonna probably, we're gonna talk Marvel things, and then we're gonna, we're gonna dip out of here. I gotta, I gotta get ready for an open mic, and I gotta work on some D&D things, you know, and then, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's been a good Sunday. It is, in fact, not Sunday. I think it's Monday, it's Tuesday. But Tuesdays are now my Sunday. My Friday is um, is is uh, Sunday, and my Saturday is Monday, and my tu- and my Sunday is Tuesday. Does that make sense? Sunday is Friday. <laughs> Monday is Saturday, and Tuesday is Sunday. That's the life I'm living now. But I get Fridays off, not actual Fridays. That's like probably my Thursday or something. But Sundays, my Friday, which is a Sunday, I have that day off. So like I get three-day weekends, which is nice for right now. We'll see what happens. Um, But anyway, oh, and we're coming up on 420. Wait, hold on. I'm going to go. Hold on. Hold on. Just fuck. Wait a second. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Um. It's 427. Quick little breaky poo for your boy. Um, (laughs) uh, It was a good 420. Um, (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Marvel stuff, and then we're probably going to cut it, and I think my homie might be stopping by, um, which, interestingly enough, um, he might be, like, if he comes in while we're still talking, I might have him just walk over and talk into the mic real quick, because seeing as how much we talk about Marvel on here, we should probably have, like, some sort of resident marvel expert and that's who he is in my personal life so why not have him do that on the fucking podcast um so anyway um uh we're going to firstly discuss the not marvel marvel but kind of marvel but somewhat not marvel but definitely is marvel but could maybe not be marvel but is going to one day be Marvel because it always has been Marvel, but currently right now is kind of not Marvel. Venom. We're going to talk about Venom. Sony's Venom. Sony, in association with Marvel, Venom 2. Let there be carnage. See, it's a lot, and they need to work on that. They need to work... On the messaging, the fucking branding, like, everyone's so confused, especially because in the Morbius trailer, which everyone thought is in the Venomverse, maybe it's not, maybe it's in a different universe, who the fuck knows, but there's fucking, uh... Michael Keaton, Vulture, and then also a picture of Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. But it says outlaw or, or murder or whatever, referring to the most recent events of the, of the fucking Tom Holland Spider-Man. So it's all fucking madness and craziness, and they have to give us answers or I'm going to burn the world down. Anyway... <laughs> We got a new Venom trailer, and it was pretty fucking good. And I'm pretty fucking excited about the Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage movie. Looks like they're letting, um, what's his name? What, uh, what is his name? What's his name? Fuck, I can't remember his name. The person playing Carnage. He, not Willie Nelson, that's not fun. Why can't you think of his name? He's in Zombieland. That guy, not Jesse Eisenberg, other guy, not one of the girls, other guy, you know who I'm talking about now. You have access to machines that'll tell you everything that you need to know right now. I don't know why I'm so hesitant to pick up my fucking phone and Google something on the podcast. I don't know why can't you can't just Google stuff on the podcast. What are we talking about? Venom current let there be current. Thank you, Google and fucking cast and Woody Harrelson. Thank you, Jesus. Woody Nelson. That uh, close. You can't fault me for that one. Anyway, I'm excited to see what he'd... Hold on, what the fuck? Okay, on... Okay, so here's here's a fun little learning moment for the audience, for everybody. If you Google Venom, let there be carnage, and go to the cast, just click on cast thing, you'll also 
notice in the top line J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Now, I don't think, I have not heard that he is confirmed for this film. If he is, that's probably pretty big. But that's the thing about Googling a thing and going to um, the, the cast listing. Sometimes you'll just find, like, like the rumors or some random dude on IMDb wrote, made a guess, like... Like, J.K. Simmons, just because he's involved with other Spider-Man shit, might have gotten rolled in to the cast list on Google because of the way Google does things. Like, it, Google is a conglomerator, not of actual information, but of the information that people are looking for. So if people Google Venom, and then the next thing they want to know is if J.K. Simmons is going to be in Venom as J. Jonah Jameson, well, then that can just, that pattern over time, get him listed in the cast information for the movie, whether he's in it or not. Um, which I remember some YouTuber explaining this to me. I was like, what the fucking what? Um, so, um, you can't be too sure on that. But I know for a fact Woody Harrelson is playing Kiedis... Cletus Cassidy, and I'm excited about it. Um, uh, I'm actually not super excited about the Venom part in Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I'm more excited for the Carnage part, and I hope they understand that going in. I hope they know that the audience isn't there for Venom, that 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 first Venom movie was just okay enough to get them to this second Venom movie, and what they really need to do is fucking knock her socks off with the carnage part of the Ven... The Venom part of Venom Let There Be Carnage is very inconsequential to me. The part that I give a fuck about is the carnage part. I want a lot of the carnage. Not just actual carnage, because yes, want that... But, like, I want to know, I want to spend a lot of time with Cletus. And we, sure, we need to know what Eddie Brock is up to occasionally. But, like, if, if it could be, if it could be 50-50 in the first act between Brock and Cassidy... And then if I could get like a 75-25 split in favor of Cassidy in the second arc uh, act of the movie. And then if we could end on like a 60-40 Brock Cassidy still getting the dominant amount. So like it's half and half in the beginning, but then like carnage takes over and then in the back half of the movie yeah there is sort of like this pushback from venom but by the end of the movie it should it should have felt like carnage's movie and in doing it that way i think it will actually serve them going forward because then you have a venom movie and you have a carnage movie and then your next movie could be fucking Whatever the wherever the fuck this is going, I don't even know. But it, it, another character, you got Morbius coming. Up. It, it can so you can it by letting this movie not just be Venom two, but let it be a Carnage movie. It 
sort of helps fill out this weird fucking universe that you seem to be building, Sony. And I don't know what the plan is behind the screen or how much you talk to Kevin Feige. But what I do know is this. If I don't get some goddamn answers about how this shit is connected to Spider-Man, I'm gonna fucking riot. I'm going to tear down everything. Okay, we're, we're coming up on an hour, and that was just one-third of the... I didn't even really talk about the trailer, because I don't even really remember the trailer. I remember that it was dope, and it got me excited. <laughs> like, So I needed to write it down in my notes for talk about this on the podcast, but I don't remember in particular any specific moment from the Venom trailer, which, whoo, that might not be a good sign. Sony, work on that one. Mm. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Sorry, uh, text message, hold on. All right, I'm back. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a text message I had to respond to. It was my friend who I think might be coming by, um... But, uh, yeah, so, um, he was like, oh, sorry for interrupting the podcast. And it's like, I can press pause. I don't, um, (laughs) which I need to get better at doing. I'm, I'm slowly but surely learning how to press the pause button and not have that derail the whole fucking operation. Um, which that's pretty good. That's nice. Um. I'm learning this technology at, like, a snail's fucking pace, though, so that's not good. Um, I need to get a fucking engineer, a tech guy. I need to get need to get a man in the chair. Anyway, uh, next Marvel thing to talk about, the thing before the last thing, um, is the Eternals. Marvel's Eternals. Um, it, the, the trailer came out and it looks dope as fuck. It's weird because in the way that I didn't like Shang-Chi because it didn't feel like a Marvel movie. Like I said, like, it feels like Marvel's doing a Kung Fu movie, not we are getting a Marvel Kung Fu movie, which is rightfully so that is splitting hairs marvel doing a kung fu movie and us getting a marvel kung fu movie that putting the doing between marvel is doing a kung fu movie and a marvel kung fu movie is i guess the thing that i i'm getting at in that criticism is like oh they're doing a thing but they're not making that thing a part of their established thing as opposed to eternals which feels very much marvel epic like you thought <laughs> like psych you thought that infinity war and endgame was the epic like lord of the rings corollary th- no 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 it's its own unique giant piece of storytelling te- yes 
you could maybe call it its own epic, but like if we're doing like a sort of swords and 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 fucking gravitas and I so it they were kind of trying to do that when they started with Thor and Thor's moved out of that over time. And now it seems like they're going back to try and do that again, but this time so much better and so much more competently and competently. So I am excited for Eternals because it feels like something very different that we have not seen from Marvel before, but that still feels like Marvel. So it it's weird. It's like the same thing that is a negative in my mind for the Shang-Chi trailer was a very positive thing for the Eternals trailer. And maybe that just has to do with where they are in the timeline. Maybe I'm willing to accept something more vastly different from much, much earlier in the Marvel timeline, because it's earlier in the Marvel timeline, but something that is supposed to be happening contemporaneously within the Marvel timeline, feeling different from the rest of the Marvel stuff, it, that feels weird. So that might be it. That might be the only thing. Um, also, eternal stuff. Um, I'm not excited for any one character. I'm more excited to learn about the group and who they are and what their deal is. Been watching YouTube videos and stuff, but and I have friends who read the comics and shit. So, I mean, there's. I have some information about who the Eternals are, but I really want to know where the MCU is taking it, what their impact is going to be. I'm excited for the group. I'm just, I'm sort of, I'm sort of giving them a lot of, a lot of credit on that Guardians of the Galaxy account. You know what I'm saying? Like, they proved with Guardians that they could take a relatively unknown, obscure group of folks <clears throat> and make them cool and make us care and make them matter. Um, and so I am trusting them to do that with the Eternals as well. Um, I hope Angelina Jolie actually gets stuff to do in this movie. Um... For people of my generation, I feel like she has been just someone to look at for too long, but I know she got to her mega stardom not solely because of that. Um, I know she was like in movies and things and doing stuff and doing well, and then there was sort of that there was like a the part of her career that me and my age group started paying attention was Mr. and Mrs. Smith and wanted and like uh so it i feel like sometimes she is brought onto a project and they give her stuff to do and to be uh, good at her job and then sometimes she's just there to be Angelina Jolie in a thing um, and I don't think that's her fault. Um, and I think she's been rebelling against that lately as, as well. 
um, which is why we haven't been seeing her as in as much. And I think Marvel would not be the company to do that to her. Like they seem sort of aware that of of the way actors are generally treated and then treating them probably just very oh, ever so slightly better um only because they have the money and the clout to do so i think because marvel movies are the movies right now like the movie industry is literally waiting on pins and needles for the next marvel thing to come because that's when the movies open back up like that's pretty much the vibe I've been getting. Like, there's been plenty of things that have come out in this weird time where, like, people are vaccinated and masks are coming. To, I could have gone to the movie theater. I could have gone to the movie theater at this point already. And some people have. Some people went to go see uh, Demon Slayer. Hell, some people saw Kong and Godzilla in theaters. Um, but, like, the true, like everyone's back to the movies moment might not happen until the next major marvel thing happens and i don't think the next mar major marvel th oh black widow it's not gonna happen until like i think next month <laughs> or maybe later this month i don't remember but so it's going to be a minute we're gonna have to wait um but I don't remember how I got here. I don't remember what led us down this road. But what I do know is that I'm excited for Eternals. Uh, I hear that they do like a mega team up hive mind thing. And that's going to be exciting. They all seem to have interesting powers and personalities. I'm excited for the history tie-ins. Because it looks like there's going to be a bunch of like connections to actual human history they're in like ancient babylon and shit so that's gonna be exciting um oh theory on the internet new rock stars theory um fucking captain america and his shield um there's been some sightings some sightings of a shield with concentric circles and a star in the middle throughout the Eternals trailer. Um, and I, I would prefer it if those were just aesthetic Easter eggs on the part of the set designers. I don't want the design of Captain America's shield to be all tied up in Eternals nonsense. Um... Let's tie up mutants in Eternals nonsense. Let's let's use this new thing to introduce a new thing instead of let's use this new thing to validate an old thing that everyone already loves. That's Midichlorians territory. Be careful, Marvel. Be careful. And I don't think I even really need to talk to Marvel. I think this is really more of a um Everyone remember that new rock stars theories are theories and not what's going to happen in the movie. Um, <laughs> like, I don't think they're going to connect the Eternals to Captain America. I think that's a cool catch and then like a cool off the top of your dome theory. And then it's new rock stars. So they have to make a video about it. 
Um, but I'm not sure if that's like a thing that I would run with and assert that is going to happen in the Eternals movie. There is going to be a connection between the Eternals and Captain America. Psh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe, but I really highly doubt it. Um, in any event, <clears throat> that's the Eternals. I already crossed it off the list. Last thing we got to talk about. Last thing we got to talk about. Your attention to the floor, please. Something I'm very excited for. And that is coming shortly. I believe it starts up like next week or something. Loki. Oh yes, Loki. And the Time Variance Authority. I'm very excited for this. Loki jumping through timelines and them explaining their fucking multiverse and how it works. And it just seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. And Owen Wilson along for the whole ride. Wow. 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 Anyway. <laughs> I'm hoping that the whole thing is just embedded with that weird absurd from that moment in the trailer where it's like here sign this it's everything you've ever said and he goes that's absurd and that it and he grabs the paper and he's like all right and this too and it says this is absurd on it like that i need that energy throughout the whole show please um and who knows, we might even get to see Kang the Conqueror or get references to Kang the Conqueror. That'd be pretty fucking dope. Bing, bang, boom. Um, I don't know. I could fawn over Loki for like another probably 10 minutes, but it wouldn't really mean anything. We've done uh, an hour and some change. Let's call it good, everybody. Um, I'm trying to secure... Um, a guest for the next episode or guests for the next episode so hopefully that's what's in store but you never know on that fucking podcast with that fucking guy we'll see you later everybody next week not really next whenever i the the next time i record god damn it i need to need to gain consistency in my life the problem with self-discipline is that it's self-dis i i'm great at discipline i can i can be disciplined I, i'm like water if you want to move me this way i'll move that's fine but i can't self-direct anyway that thanks for listening everybody <laughs> i'll talk to you later bye